Hello and welcome to the second season of your favorite business-focused podcast, Checks and Balances. I'm Nate. I'm Sarlene. I'm Tyler. And And we're we're your hosts. hosts. Today on Checks and Balances, we have Cliff Godwin, the head ECU baseball coach for the East Carolina Pirates. This local legend talks to us about how his career and the connection between sports, leadership, and business. Hello and welcome to the Checks and Balances podcast. Today we are very excited to have Coach Cliff Godwin on with us. Coach Godwin is the head coach and leader for the East Carolina Pirate baseball team. Before he was coach, he was a player. Out of high school, Cliff enrolled at ECU to play baseball. After redshirting his freshman season, he spent 126 games as a catcher and served three years as team co-captain. As a senior, he hit 322 and 15 home runs while being named first team all-conference. He graduated magna cum laude in 2000 with a degree in management information systems and earned his MBA in 2002. His time at ECU included being a two-time academic All-American. After graduating, Coach Goblin spent two years playing professionally and began his coaching career thereafter. He started at Kinston High School, and after one season there, he went to UNCW for two seasons, then to Notre Dame, and on to LSU. At LSU, his offense hit 306 with 100 home runs and 95 stolen bases. After two seasons in Baton Rouge and a trip to the College World Series, he helped Central Florida with highly ranked recruiting efforts and an NCAA appearance, their first since 2004. After UCF, he went to Ole Miss to serve as assistant coach and recruiting coordinator and helped the Rebels secure their first College World Series bid since 1974. He was hired as head coach at ECU in 2014 and has a record of 201 wins, 109 losses, and one tie. During his time at East Carolina, he has had two regional and two super regional appearances. Wow, Coach, that's quite a resume. Out of all that we just talked about, what would you consider to be your best uh, best accomplishment? Uh, wow, I don't know. Uh, a lot of great memories, obviously, as East Carolina as a player. So my fondest memory of East Carolina is when we won the first regional ever in 2001 in Wilson and went on to the super regional. That was a great group of guys, some of my best friends in the world, to be able to do that, do it for East Carolina in my senior season. That is uh, one of those things where it's a bucket list thing. And then going to Omaha with LSU, uh, the old Rosenblatt Stadium, Rosenblatt, and then going to Omaha with Ole Miss and going to the new Ameritrade. So those were great. And then you know winning a regional championship here in 2016, the Charlottesville Regional at UVA, uh, the defending national champions. That was an amazing experience. Winning game one at Texas Tech. Unfortunately, we lost game two in 13 innings, but it's the only game East Carolina's ever won in a Super Regional um, in the five appearances that we've had. And then winning the Regional last year, coming out of the loser's bracket was an amazing experience. It, It sucked at the time, but to get through it and just see the crowds keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger as the days went on. And I get chill bumps talking about it, but that Monday night, there's places that hold a lot more people, but 
there wasn't a place more electric than Clark LeClaire on Monday night when we beat Campbell for the regional championship. Sure. Well, I'm pretty impressed with Magna Cum Law in 2000. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's pretty good stuff there. But really what we wanted to discuss as much as we could on the podcast today was, you know, leadership, sports and business, and really their connection. You know, we did a little research, and, you know, everything is completely true on the Internet if you weren't 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 aware. So Fortune <laughs> estimates that, you know, 95% of Fortune CEOs played sports at some level. And for the ones that are women, over half played at the collegiate level. You know, what do you think being an athlete does to prepare you for business? I think it does a couple of things. Number one, teamwork in a day and age when there is – a ton of, in my opinion, selfish world things out there. People, you know, the Instagram, the social media, me, 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 me. I think sports uh, teaches you how to be a part of a team and not be all about you. The other thing I think it teaches you is work ethic because you have to work very hard to play sports, to be competitive. And then the last thing I would say is to balance your time. You know, when you're uh, professional and you have a family, you have to be efficient in what you're doing and still work hard and still make sure you're a good father, you're a good uh, husband, and all those things. I think sports teaches you all those things. When you talk about time management, just to follow up to that, what, what, what would be a typical day in the life of a college athlete? Well, it depends on what time of the year, but for most of our guys, they will wake up between probably 7 and 8 o'clock and they will go to class depending on what time their classes are and then they will get up to the field right after lunch and they'll do some early work whether it be your pitcher or your hitter we'll practice for about three hours and then we'll lift for an hour and if you're a freshman you'll go to the dining hall and then you'll go to study hall from 8 to 9 30 at night and then you'll hit uh, repeat every single day uh, for the fall and then the spring obviously that changes with games and schedules and travel and all that good stuff, but that's typical day for a baseball player, at least, at East Carolina. Wow. When we talk about leadership, what would you say your leadership style looks like? I mean, how do you manage your organization? Do you feel like you delegate or you are doing more direct? Well, when you uh, run a program, in my opinion, that has as many people in their organization as we do, you have 35 players, you have assistant coaches, you have academic advisors, athletic trainers, strength coaches, media people, boosters, then you have to delegate. You have to have some people that you can really trust within your organization. The thing that I feel like I'm really good is I'm very transparent with what my expectations are. And one saying that we have within our program, we say it a lot to our players, but how you do anything is how you do everything. So one of Coach LeClaire's best quotes is, if you're going to put your name on it, it better be your best work. So if you're typing an email, it's got your name on it, it better be your best work. If you're turning a homework assignment as a player, it better be your best work. But if we're doing those things, then we're going to be very successful on the field, but we're also going to be very successful off the field. So you've done a lot of recruiting. I mean, when we, we looked up, did some research on resume, you know, recruiting coordinator popped up several times. It sounds like you've done a lot of recruiting. Obviously, you do that probably that may be half your job. I don't know. Um, and you have a knack for it. If you have one scholarship to give, last scholarship you could give, you could take a super intelligent player, an extra hard worker, 
or you know someone that was super talented and and had a god-given ability like if you had that you know if we're just siloing it out as those three major things what would you take that's a tough one you have to have some level of talent some level you know i can't just go grab somebody off the street that's never played baseball and they've got great work ethic and they go perform at a high level at clark leclerc you got to have some level of talent but if you give me the guy that's a little bit less talented than that super talented guy, but he's got a great motor and he's got a great work ethic, I'm going to take that guy every single time because I can get that guy to be above the guy that's super talented with a low motor. Now, within our culture, everybody's not going to have that motor that I just talked about and that work ethic. So if we bring in a guy or two that maybe their work ethic is not up to the level of what our standards are, they're surrounded by a group of guys whose motor is working like that. So one or two things are going to happen. They're either going to conform or they're going to tap out at some point in time and say, I just can't do this anymore. So uh, that's the thing that I really, really, truly enjoy about our program is the system will weed you out. You don't have to cut them. They'll just tap out at some point in time because they'll go enough's enough. This is it for me. And that doesn't mean they're a bad person. It just they don't like to work as hard as, as we do as pirates. So that's something that I take a lot of pride in. So when we were going over the, the questions, when I was going on with the intern, I, I promised them that I was going to bring this up. I said, you know, I'm going to ask this question and, and kind of see where it goes. And because at the end of it, it was going to be a super talented, God-given ability type of player. And I was going to put Bo Jackson at the end, if Bo Jackson was there. And oh. so neither intern knew who Bo Jackson was. So that's a problem in our hiring process <laughs> over here. But, you know, so if I'd have given you that option, if Bo Jackson walks through the door, I mean, I hope no, we'll say we're taking Bo Jackson. I'm taking Bo Jackson. Okay, we're taking right. Bo Jackson. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just checking. Just checking. Just checking. Yeah. So, do you, are you a person that sets goals? Absolutely. Do you write them down? Yeah, they're all over our, uh, you know, uh, locker room, our team room. So, our guys, if you brought one of our guys in, we call it our vision. So, if you look at it as a pyramid, then the bottom is something you can touch daily. So we talk about getting 1% better each day. Then the next one is we want to win 40-plus regular season games. The next one is we want to win the American Athletic Regular Season Championship. The next one is host a regional, host a super regional, win the national championship, and then the one that's the farthest away is we want to graduate from ECU. So they see those uh, before they go into the field each day. The door that goes into our dugout has those goals, our vision. But you have to focus on the one at the bottom, which you can touch every day. We don't talk about winning a national championship every day. That's just down the road, but getting 1% better each day and whatever we're doing is something you touch daily. You talked a lot. You talked some about your team and having a motor and, you know, really the guys that are coming in needing to, con to conform. What is the ideal makeup of your team? I would think that having a lot of A personalities in, in one spot could somewhat be problematic on a cohesive unit or trying to create a cohesive unit. You know, do you find that as, you know, part A of a question and, you know, kind of part B, what qualities do you think you're looking for in your athletes that would translate well to maybe the business community? Well, first off, I would say there's not a ton of A personalities in America, at least what I come in contact with today than there was 20 years ago. That's my opinion. I could be totally wrong. I'm not saying I know everything. Alec Burleson's an A personality. 
the guy's a 3-9 student. He's a hard worker. He's a competitor. He hates losing. He can maybe not handle his emotions the best way at times, just like I was as a player. There's probably never been a player I've ever coached that's more like Cliff Godwin. But at times, that's you got to manage him. you got to make sure you reel him back in every once in a while. Jake Kuchmanner, more quiet, but a personality exceeds at an extremely high level in the classroom. Another 3-9 student, the SAC president. Guys pitched a perfect game, but not as brash or as aggressive, I would say. You know, he's more personable. So there's different personalities, but I would think most guys that come in our program, that's something that we're pushing them to be more aggressive and if they want something to go after it. And body language is, is huge. I tell people all the time, when I watch somebody walk down the road, I can tell you if I want to be around that person or not. And I know that sounds crazy, but if I get behind somebody in the grocery store that's just, I'm like, if you would just speed up a little bit, you'd have more downtime a little bit later because that's what I'm trying to do right now. I'm trying to get through this line so I can go watch the World Series on my couch. And <laughs> that's the thing is your pace of your walk tells, I think, tells a lot about who you are. And uh, somebody told me this a long time ago, if you want something done, give it to the busy person because they'll figure it out. Interesting. The, so when you're looking at an athlete, so are you when you're looking at their highlight reel, are you asking them to to send in a a, a, a spot of them walking? Is that part of the part, part of the, that's part that's of the not it? But the thing I will tell you, and especially where we are right now, you can be talented and we not recruit you at East Carolina because we're going to watch you play. Your talent's going to catch our interest. Then we're going to call your travel coach. We're going to call your high school coach. We're going to call anybody we know who's been associated with you. We're going to get your transcripts. We're going to find out what kind of student you are. No, everybody's not a 4-0 student, but are you seriously committed about your academics? Because when you get here, Coach Godwin and our staff, that we're going to push you. If you're a 3-5 student, be a 3-5 student. If you're a 3-2-5 student, be a 3-2-5 student. We don't want guys that are 3-5 students who are getting 2-5s in the classroom because what I said earlier, how you do anything is how you do everything. And then, or do you have the work ethic? Can you be a team guy? because everybody was the best player for their high school. Only one guy gets to hit in the three hole. Only one guy gets to pitch on Friday night. And I think that's the thing that probably is the toughest thing to manage in, in our sport or any sport is you've got to tell each kid what their role is and their roles change all the time and what we expect from them and how that is important. Student managers, they're the most important people in our organization, if you want to think about it. They don't get paid anything. They get up before a player. They get to practice before players get their stuff hung up. They set up the field for practice. Then they do their laundry. Well, if our players' laundry's wet, that's going to affect them in a negative way. If the field's not set up in a great way, then that's going to take time away from me to make sure it's set up. So now I'm not going to be as good a coach. I tell our players that those student managers are more important than them because I can't go find somebody that's going to volunteer to do their laundry just off the street, but I can go find somebody that's throwing 90 and get my scholarship. Where do you start recruiting in today's world? I mean, is it is it with the travel ball? Is it with high school? I mean, where is the where is the start process when it comes to recruiting? Well, it's a combination, but more so now with travel coaches because they recruit, so they go out and watch all kinds of different high school games. But we always talk to the high school coach, no matter what. We're gonna to talk to the high school coach, we're gonna to talk to the travel ball coach to make sure 
we're hearing everything we can about that specific individual. All right, last question, Coach. If you were not a coach, what would you be doing? Well, actually, when I first got to East Carolina, my whole goal was I was going to graduate from East Carolina and I was going to go to law school. So I had planned on being a lawyer. I actually worked one summer for Taft, Taft & Hagler here in town um, just to get my feet wet in a law firm, just kind of a runner pretty much. But that was what I thought I was going to do when I first got to East Carolina. But my course changed quickly. No particular kind of law, a sports agent. I or? didn't. I didn't. No, it was. I wanted to get. I wanted to be in the courtroom. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to be a trial lawyer. I don't know specifically. I didn't get that far down the road as far as criminal or anything like that. But I wanted to go to trial. Do you still get to do that a little bit when you get to a player that he's not? Maybe you get to interrogate him a little bit. You know. Yeah. I bet there's like a. I'm sure our players would say Coach Godwin doesn't lose a lot of arguments. Okay. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> Well, Coach, I can't thank you enough taking your time. I know you're busy. We appreciate it, and uh, you know all of Pirate Nation appreciates you so much. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. That's all the time we have today. Thanks for tuning in to the Checks and Balances Podcast. You can subscribe to us at Checks and Balances Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, or wherever podcasts can be found. For questions, comments, and advertising, email us at checksandbalancespodcast at gmail.com. Tyler Curley offers advisory services provided through Capital Analysts or Lincoln Investment, Registered Investment Advisors. Securities are offered through Lincoln Investment, Broker-Dealer Member, FINRA SIPC. Robinson Associates and the above firms are independent and non-affiliated. The views and opinions expressed herein are those of the authors noted and may or may not represent the views of the Lincoln Investment family of companies.